0: stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman was raised in a stable environment surrounded by loving parents, and both parents were excellent role models. Her mom went for her master's while raising children. Her father was in marketing who loved connecting with others, but she wanted to be at the bedside of others, so took the path of nursing, and after she had children of her own, she followed in her mom's footsteps by furthering her education while being a mom. Today, with a doctorate in nursing, she serves as the dean of nursing at a university, and as a strong, empathetic executive, she leads others to become nurses who bravely and lovingly show up on the front line of care. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Mary Elizabeth Haduni. Hi, Mary Elizabeth. Thank you for joining me today. Hi,
1: Ned. It's so great to see you. I feel so honored to be on this platform with so many other great ladies and women in this United States. I'm just really flattered.
0: I'm excited that you're here, and there's so many nuggets of wisdom I want to reveal. So let's get started. Someone once told you to lead with kindness, but don't let others mistake this for weakness. How has this statement defined you? And do others ever mistake your kindness for weakness?
1: Well, first of all, when I think ground up, I'm a nurse. So nursing is really the art of caring. So I've always truly had the altruistic side of myself where I truly do care for the other person. I may not like how they act or the way they work or whatever, but I truly care about that person. And I want to see the best in them. So whatever I can do, to improve that in someone else is really part of my duty as a leader, I see. And it gets back to that caring. However, some people sometimes think, oh, you know, she's so nice. She's so kind. But as they get to know me, they know, like, but the buck stops here. So don't mistake that for weakness. And I had a mentor many years ago who told me that saying, and I thought to myself, That's really awesome. I mean, and there's no mistake in ever being a kind person, right? I mean, being a person and a caring person, that really is the art of nursing. So for me to be anything else, I wouldn't be myself. However, as a leader, you know, the buck stops with you sometimes. And that's what it boils down to.
0: So you quickly show by your languaging and how you conduct yourself that you're not a pushover.
1: No, I'm not. Um, (laughs) However, I have to say, I think a good sense of humor comes with any job. And um, I try to keep that sense of humor with me. You know, um, even at the bedside as a nurse, I always try to, and, you know, it can be a very stressful profession. And I always think trying to keep that sense of humor somewhere in the, in the back of my mind, whether it be with your colleagues or the people you work with, is just so essential mm-hmm. uh, just to keep that with you. You know, just keep your spirit going, keep that positive side of things going as well.
0: And you know, I was just going to dig into that just a little bit deeper because I, I have found that you can diffuse the awkwardness of someone feeling like that you are weak or trying to um, put you in your place in some way by the art of humor. Right,
1: you Absolutely. can diffuse that and make your point without being um, mean. It's so great, and um, such a great point. And I, I remember another mentor I've had in life. I, I remember he was just a, such a great orator, and he would get up and speak in front of people and. I said to him, How do you do that? You you seem so comfortable in any kind of setting um, and speaking in front of people, and you act like everybody's you know with you. And he says, When you get up on that stage, you have to act like everybody's your friend. And think of people in your mind as you're speaking with people and thinking, Oh, there's such and such, and there's such and such. It may not be, but your mind, you have to be like, Okay, everyone's my friend. Everybody's here, and we're being very collegial. So.
0: Oh, I like that. That is that's quite
1: interesting perspective and a way to frame things, isn't it? I yeah, I really I I thought that's a really great. You know, there's certain things in life that you just remember as you as you go on through your decades of life, just to say, okay, I have to remember that little token. And I've tried to keep those tokens with me as I move on in my career. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you have
0: never struggled with standing your ground with powerful physicians, male or female. What has been your secret to being so comfortable in what many would see as a stressful
1: environment? Such a great question. So I think it boils down to an ego, right? So with the ego, there's really two sides of things. There's really your self-esteem, right? Which is your your confidence in in your abilities. And then you have your self-importance. It's really how important are you really compared to other people? So once you have that in check and you realize everyone, I look at everybody like we all have our own set of skills, okay? And yes, there are some people who are the ambassadors of their profession, and that's sacred to them, and that, that's wonderful. And I think to move on in life and do what's best for the institution, no matter where you work, there has to be a collaborative interface with other people, and you need good communication skills and to foster that but keep it in a positive way. And where I am in my leadership role in nursing now, I know it's just so imperative to keep a positive spirit going. And whether that be with other physicians, other academicians, or whoever, it's just so important to keep that positive energy going. Yeah, because it can be a, a rabbit hole going down the other, can it? It really can, especially yeah. in stressful situations. You know, at the bedside, patient bedside, it can get very, very stressful. So, you need to work together. And I think that's just so, so important to have those collaborative teams and interprofessional collaboration as well.
0: And I like your point of talking about being careful of the ego, mm-hmm. because uh, if you aren't aware of that, it can be the little bad boy that sneaks out, can it?
1: Little bad oh, boy or bad girl. <laughs> sure, can. But my, my theory has always been you know, respect for other. Okay. So somebody, you know, just say a surgeon, they may have had a really bad surgery and they come and they may be really upset when they come onto the nursing floor. Well, you have to realize where they're coming from as well. And nurses, we're the best people to to show empathy for the other. I really do believe that. So you have to put yourself in their place and think, okay, what did they just go through? Why are they acting like that? It's always kind of looking at the other person as well, and not always internalize Those feelings, right? Just to look at them and say, okay, what are they dealing with? Why are they acting this way? And let's just try to work together on situations. That's the way I've always just tried to approach nursing in general, you know, professional teams in healthcare.
0: I think that's brilliant. And so, what I heard you say is try to focus on the behavior, not the person. I sure do.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes they're not the same, are they? No, absolutely not. And, you know, it's all situational, right? And it's not even in healthcare, it's every industry, right? You have people who act certain ways and it's the behavior. But I've always wanted to command respect for myself and for others. And I think that's just really, really important um, in leadership to really set that precedent of respect for each other. I think that has to be paramount in any, any type of unit or industry or, or anywhere. So.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. So you told me that, um, and I have to agree with that many things happen for a reason. And I know you believe this as well. So how has this
1: impacted your viewpoint of risk and opportunities? I think, you know, as a leader, you have to take risks, right? Otherwise, you stay stagnant, and that's not good in any type of environment. And sometimes you have to make decisions which aren't popular. If it's for the best situation for the industry that you're working on, you have to make that decision. And also, I do believe in listening to others prior to making decisions because you can't know it all as a leader. You have to be a good listener and get input from everybody because everybody's experiencing different things. In healthcare system, you know, we have different professionals, and before you make a big decision, you have to really listen to other people, other professions, to come to any big decisions that involve, say, interprofessional decision. So I think you know, making a decision, yes, it can be a risk, but you have to make decisions, right, as a leader, you have to. And they may not be popular, but if it's for the best for the patient, best for the industry, that's what matters. And when things happen, as they always do,
0: I guess a good way to frame it here and what you're saying is that you frame it and there's an opportunity. You might have some risks with it, but there's an opportunity in something that's happened.
1: Absolutely. Otherwise, your system, your level of stagnation, right? You have to take risks. You know, in nursing or medicine, you know, we're always developing new programs. Well, they're risky, right? But you have to make that decision to try something new. Otherwise, you become stagnant. And it's called innovation, really, right? It's the power of innovation and energy. And you have to keep that going. Otherwise, you become stagnant. Yeah, you really do. You really do. So along that
0: line of, of how you view yourself, you share with me something that sometimes, and this is, I'll quote how you talked about it. You said you take yourself out of your body, look at yourself and then talk to yourself. So why do
1: you do this and when do you find it the most useful? I think it's really good to self-reflect all the time. I really do. I think as a leader you have to like we just talked about make decisions, but at the same time there are times you have to pause, reflect. And I do it all the time. And you know, it has to do a lot with your own self-motivation and really trying to be the best person you can be. And that is really be self-critical of yourself too. Like almost like going outside your body and looking in and saying, okay, how should I have reacted? Did I handle that well? But I think that's a really big piece of moving through anyone's career is being self-reflective. And that is, how could I have done that better? Did I do it right? And and that's all part of the learning process is just constantly, you know, evaluating, reevaluating, reassessing. As nurses, we always reassess with patients. We're always looking at the best thing to do for our patients for the best outcomes. And I think it's just so important to just constantly do that reflection. And that's what you, I think you refer to it as leading from reflection.
0: Absolutely. Which I think is a a brilliant phrase because it kind of sums it all up, doesn't it? Now, I want to talk to you while we're in that space just for a second. I'm going to go a little deeper on that. Because one of the things that I'd be curious to know your take on is when leaders step out and lead from reflection, what do they have to be careful of? Is it possible they can only see the negative things they need to correct as opposed to all the positive things they're doing? you think that's sometimes women tend to go into that space? Or as human beings, maybe we
1: go in that space. I think we all can. However, I think you have to look at both sides of every story. You know, there may be positives that came out of that as well. So you have to look at both and, and take both from the negative and the positive to get the best outcome you can get. And I think as a leader, you have to, you know, there's never going to be a perfect way, right? And you learn from your mistakes, but that's good. I mean, we all make mistakes and how are you going to improve on that? And as a leader, you should always want to continually want to improve yourself as a leader and those who work for you. I think it's so important to really invest not only in yourself and, you know, your internal motivation. But it's also investing on the people that work on your team and, you know, including them in everything. And, you know, I think it's just that um, power of giving them a voice, I think, is so important. If you shut down on people and you don't let them have a voice, you're, you're losing out because everybody's an incredible part of that team. If you don't include somebody, they shouldn't be on your team. Why have them on your team? You have to be a listener constantly listen, but then again, you've got to make that decision. Okay, that has to be your decision and you've got to own it. And if it wasn't right, you have to own that too. But if it was right, you own that and you say, okay, this is great. Let's move on. So, I did a good job there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got, be okay and, saying I did a great job there. Wow. Absolutely. And again, that's all part of that reflection piece too, right? And you know, that critical analysis of what you could have done better and, and what you did well you know, take the good too. A lot of people, like you said, Annette, you know, some women, I think, tend to look at the negative, but you got to stop that too. You've got to look at, you know, for every negative, there's a positive too. So it's almost like throw out the negative, but let's bring in the positive. And you have to lead that way too. You have to lead in a positive environment. And I can always spot somebody who can be a downer in the system, you know, and do you really want that person part of your team? Right. And I truly care about everybody. And I've always found that if someone's part of a team and they're negative, as a leader, you need to bring them in and say, hey, what's going on? Like, let's talk about this. But that goes back to the caring element of being a nurse, okay? Because caring for that person, that's my number one. That really is my number one, um, just totally, the way I like to look at things is just always including that person as a valuable member of the team, and I want them to be in a good place for themselves too.
0: So. And, and what a positive uh, messaging and role model you present to those you're training
1: and teaching by doing that. And I truly do. And I get a lot of positive feedback that people, you know, that uh, are on the team. And, um, but it's not, it comes from an altruistic side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think you have to be really honest and truthful when you're a leader too. And, you know, it's not all... You know, glorious flowers and balloons all the time, either. You know, sometimes you have to deliver bad news. But, you know, again, it's done with the art of caring and the art of just really considering that other person and potentially what that could do too. You know, it's like as a nurse, you walk into a patient's room, you don't know what to expect, right? So when you deliver some messages, sometimes you have to, as a leader, you have to think, okay, what could be some of the feedback I get from this? It's a constant ebb and flow. Of of what happens in communication. So
0: well, and one of the things that I'm hearing, which is interesting for our leaders to contemplate, is that you come at your work as a leader as very much anchored in a place of love. And then you have to say, okay, if I'm going to anchor in love, what does that look like? And then you have to make sure your behavior and your attitude matches
1: that. Yes, absolutely. And you know, again, it goes back to caring about everybody. And even if it's somebody who's maybe not the best on the team, I still care for that person. However, I do, I, there are times where I've had to do in my past, in different management positions, I've had different leadership positions where I have to pull somebody aside and just say, you know, you're not looking like this is a good fit for you. And I want what's best for you. Is this really where you should be? And if it is, then let's work on how we're going to improve things because I'm seeing X, Y, Z. So I'm pretty honest with people. And I think it's to lead from a sense of honesty and truthfulness is just so important. And that takes a pretty
0: high level of emotional intelligence to do that on a regular basis. You do know that, don't you?
1: Well, (laughs) no one's ever really went to that degree enough, but thank you. Maybe it's taken all the, all the years. Maybe you've been like a,
0: a stone that's polished and polished, but you definitely exactly. have that higher emotional right? IQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not saying to you know, people out there that it's easier that you get there overnight, but it is a place that obviously you can get to because you're doing it very well.
1: It is true. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's probably no. been a series of so many years in leadership and management position, but it's always that core though, Annette, you always need the core of the caring element. I really do believe that um, because people sense You can't fake it. You can't fake it. No, you can't There's fake it. No way you can. And people know, you know, that altruistic side of people too. There's that sense. And nurses are trained for that. Nurses, we know if somebody's, you know, faking blow, it. Blow, blow, yeah, totally. <laughs> so we're trained for that. All those courses we've had in psychology, they come through all those process recordings we've had to do. We learn, you know, how to speak. We learn how to read people's, you know, nonverbal messages. So we're trained in that. I love it. I love it. So a
0: strong sense of confidence is important for you as a leader, no doubt. So how do you keep decision mistakes from dinging your confidence?
1: I always, you know, initially it may be a really hard bang just to say, okay, wow, that didn't go well. But at the same time, you've got to get up on your feet. You know, maybe it's just being bred by the two parents I had. But there was never an alternative to failing. And it wasn't like done in a, um, in a mean way for my parents. It was always very, you know, I grew up in a an environment, where it was always like a positive way to move through things. Like there were things that were just expected. You treat people with respect. And, you know, if something went wrong, you get up on your feet and you keep moving. You know, it's that old. Saying where you know, keep the energy going, keep your feet moving, and move on. Like, you never just get stagnant again. Getting back to that word, you just don't get stagnant, you just keep moving. Like I said, not everything's always flowers and roses and balloons. You do have setbacks, but it's that internal motivation that keeps you going, and that intrinsic knowledge of your own sense of self and your own sense of self confidence that you'll get through this. And I think that's something that, you know, if I can just tell anybody is just keep that own self-confidence about yourself. And there's a reason why you're here. And, you know, know that every person has good in them. And I always try to see that in other people. Kind of see what you look for, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I found that to be the case, too. Absolutely. So
0: as a highly driven woman, you look to create relationships with other women that
1: are equally driven. So why is this important to you? When you're in a high leadership position, it's not really appropriate to talk to people that you manage and you know, air your difficulties. So it's really great to have another set of colleagues on the outside that you can speak with, whether it be in your own profession or possibly have other type of um, management leadership positions and just to kind of talk to them and you know, just have somebody to throw things off on. I mean, we have to communicate. You can't shut down as a leader. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, leaders can be lonely. Well, that's why you need that network of either friends and colleagues to talk to, but trusted friends and colleagues too. Mm. Okay. Because a lot of that is involved with, you know, divulging a lot of your own inner self and in how you feel. So it's that trusted colleague or friend who, you know, you can really talk to that will be honest with you too and give you really good feedback and constructive feedback, Like, I don't expect somebody who I'm talking to in that role just to say, oh, it's great. You're doing a good job. It'll all be fine. Like, I really want somebody to say to me, you know, Mary Liz, I really think you could have done it this way. Or maybe next time, try it this way. And sometimes it brings up a light like, wow, that's great. And I always try to do that with my other friends or colleagues where they ask me as well. And I want them to be truthful, right? Because how do we learn, right? right? We learn so much from each other. So why not use that trusted friend or colleague to try to improve ourselves and the way we lead? I love it. And, it, and that is a
0: gift when you give that to someone else, isn't it? I, when I, they give that to you, it really is.
1: Yeah. And it's a secret relationship, right? It's it is. a trusted relationship. You have somebody that's just so important. So and, important. It certainly yeah. is. Wow. So Mary
0: Elizabeth, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women?
1: I would say, be true to yourself. Uh, The key to success, I think, is really being, you know, positive and being the ambassador of knowledge in your field and lead with empathy, kindness, respect, and strength. And also, you know, I would say, lead the way you want to be led, okay, and treat others the way you want to be treated. That's probably my coin, if I'd have to say anything, of of how... um, important that is. And also your outcomes as a leader are really an indication of how your team is performing and how you work as a team and your collaborative as a team. And that reflects on yourself as a leader. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant closing words. I love it. Oh, thank you,
0: Nat. Mary Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with me today. I know in the healthcare industry, there's a lot going on right now. And I'm so pleased that you're one of the leaders that are out there showing the way of how our nurses and other healthcare professionals show up.
1: Yeah, well, God bless our nurses. They're the silent heroes out there.
0: Yeah, they absolutely, they absolutely are. And Mary Elizabeth is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the world's greatest women's show as another powerful woman's story unfolds.